Welcome everyone to the SCORE Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host Justin Boone. Appreciate you hanging out with me today. We're going to be a little quicker with this week's Monday show just compared to the last couple weeks because we spent a ton of time in those episodes going over what we were learning at the start of the season, trying to reassess the fantasy landscape. Today, we're just going to focus on a busy day of injuries. We're going to recap what that could mean for your fantasy squads. And then we're going to hit the top waiver wire ads like we always do. And we'll leave the Tuesday show for talking about bigger picture stuff. I mean, that's how I'd like to do it moving forward. You have Monday injuries, a look at the waiver wire. Tuesday, more of that breakdown of specific things that we're seeing. In the meantime, though, my full waiver wire column, that's going to go up Monday night like it always does over at the score. And then the first version of my week four rankings, they'll be released on Tuesday, either late afternoon or early evening. You guys know at this point, it normally comes out around then. So you don't have to message me asking. They will always be out around that same time. It just depends how long it takes me to get through everything I need to still watch from that week's games and to get my early research done, the stuff that I like to do before I get that first round of the rankings out. But we don't need to talk about that. We don't need to talk about the behind the scenes stuff. What you want are the results. I hope your teams are doing well. We had a bunch of injuries that happened this week. A lot of star players went down or missed time in these games. So you might've been affected by those. Either way, let's run through that long list right now. We'll start with running backs because that's where most of the big injuries happened this week. And the first one, This particularly hurts for me since this is somebody that I was talking up a lot entering the season. Somebody that got off to a really great start as well before he got nicked up. DeAndre Swift. He had been playing through that ankle injury. Week one, blew the doors off. And then week two, played through the ankle injury. Still put up pretty good stats though, even though his playing time went down a little bit in that game. This week, he goes out. He's trying to play through the ankle again. And now he hurts his shoulder in this one. And According to everything we're hearing, he could miss some time here. I know Tom Pelissero, NFL Network, had reported that early on Monday when we heard from uh, Swift's head coach, Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell said that he thinks maybe Swift would benefit from missing a little time here and suggested that if he stays out until after the week six bye, that could be good for him. That could mean we're not going to see Swift until week seven. Now, there is some positive news that he doesn't require surgery, so Hopefully it is just a week or two that we might be missing him, not for a month or a couple of months. So you got to look at the bright side of things. And we could look at Jamal Williams. I mean, he's somebody that's already rostered in most leagues, but he's been getting a ton of opportunity so far. Even when Swift was healthy in week one, they're still going to use Williams quite a bit, including around the goal line a whole bunch. And now he's going to take over starting duties, we figure, for a couple of weeks here. So he's still available in 39% of leagues. That's not enough to qualify for the waiver wire column that I do. But if he is still out there, he is worth a huge bid, a 50% plus bid. You could go out and get him. And not only would you get a top 15 starter for the next couple of weeks here, but I mean, we'll see what happens with Swift. If he's able to come back after the right after the bye week or if he needs to spend a little more time on the sidelines after that. But even when Swift is back... Williams still has RB2 flex value based on all that goal line work he's getting and a lot of the touches that he's been getting in this offense, which is much better than a lot of people expected. I think we had talked about the Lions being a surprise team throughout the offseason with all the weapons they had there and Swift potentially really breaking out, but they're going to continue to put up good points. That defense is still not very strong. They're going to end up in a lot of shootouts. And they've been getting it done so far. So right now, Williams is going to step in as a top 10, top 15 kind of option for fantasy. And in deeper leagues, 
You can go grab Craig Reynolds. He's the guy that slides into that number two role for the time being. We saw him actually get some starts late last year, put up some good fantasy stats then. And should another injury occur, should we see Williams go down, then all of a sudden it would be Craig Reynolds in the starting spot. And I imagine that they're going to work him in a little bit in the same vein of having Swift and Williams work together. I think we'll see Reynolds get some work in the next couple weeks as well alongside Williams. Another injury at running back that we've got to talk about, and it's also in the NFC North, Dalvin Cook. And this one, it's not really a surprise. I mean, it's more of a when and not if as far as Cook getting hurt when it comes to that shoulder injury. Seems like he misses time every year. We've seen him suffer the shoulder injury the last couple seasons and actually come back pretty quickly and play. They get the brace on him, and if he's up to it, he could actually be out there a week later. That's what they're saying right now, that there's still a good shot that he could play. And in those games, when he's come back that quick, he's actually performed pretty well when he's rocking that brace. So we don't really know yet if it's going to be Madison or if Cook is actually going to be able to play this week, but the Vikings have one of the best backups in the league in Alexander Madison. So why not let him get the start? I always think that way when the backup is that good, why not let the starter get a little bit of rest time? Maybe that's what the Lions are thinking in terms of Jamal Williams. They feel confident with him. So they're okay having Swift out for a couple weeks there. We'll see what the Vikings end up doing. I mean, what we know is that when Cook is out, Madison immediately becomes a top 10, top 15 fantasy running back. We just might not know if Cook's going to be out or not until later in the week. So you got to make sure that Madison is rostered everywhere. I mean, he should have already been rostered everywhere. They get the Saints next week and New Orleans, they've been a little more susceptible to the run game this year than they have been in years past. So it's an okay matchup for them. I didn't realize actually this until now, but all these running back injuries off the top here, they're all in the NFC North, the Lions, the Vikings, and the Bears all lost starting running backs to injury this week. David Montgomery was the one for the Bears. He went down with a high ankle sprain and or an MCL injury. I'm not sure if they've actually given official word on that yet, but his head coach, Matt Eberflus, says he's day-to-day, meaning that he might actually be able to suit up this week. I think that seems like a long shot. I would expect him to miss at least a game or two here. And it's really a brutal situation for him because this was such an excellent spot against the Texans. Montgomery coming off that 100-yard game last week. Then he gets forced out early in this game, and his backup, Khalil Herbert, completely takes advantage. Herbert ran for 157 yards and two scores, had another 12 yards through the air on two catches. And we saw Herbert perform last year when he got starts. Then he stepped in and looked like a legit starter in those games. So it wasn't really that shocking that he was able to step in and have a big day here. We'll see how long Montgomery's going to be out, but Herbert, another guy that's worthy of a 50% plus bid in all leagues, a guy who should have been rostered already. We keep saying that about these high-end backups. That's why I always mention them in the waiver wire column. They normally get their own section where I'm constantly reminding everyone to make sure that they're on a roster out there. But right now, he is still available in 51% of leagues as of this morning. So if he's still on the waiver wire, you're making a big push to get him. It just depends how needy you are at running back and how aggressive your league mates are, right? Those are things that, that you know that I might not know. That's why the waiver wire column and those recommendations in there, it's more just a guide to give you an idea of how you should be approaching it. And then you got to kind of apply what you know about your league in order to make that move and go and get them. And in the case of Herbert, we know that the coaches were already really impressed by him, that there was a chance that he was potentially going to eat into Montgomery's touches as the season went along. Now this injury opens up the door for him to make a really strong case for that to happen. And it's too bad because Montgomery was playing well this year in deeper leagues. We'll stick with the bears for a second here. You could consider stashing the rookie Tristan Ebner 
I know he fumbled in this game, so we'll see how much the coaching staff holds that against him. But in theory, he would be the new number two while Montgomery is sidelined. And we're not done with big name running backs getting hurt either. Fortunately, this one doesn't seem like it's anywhere near as severe as some of those. Joe Mixon hurt his ankle this week. He hobbled off. He didn't get any carries in the fourth quarter. It doesn't seem like this is serious. I know his head coach, Zach Taylor, came out after the game. He said he was just sore and that it was because his backup, Samaje Pirine, was running so well that they kind of just stuck with Pirine in that game. He said that Mixon could have gone back in. The real reason I'm bringing this up, though, is because the Bengals play the Dolphins on Thursday night. So very quick turnaround there. We already see some teams sometimes give the backup running backs a few more touches on that short week, let them play a little bit more so to not tax that starter too much. We saw the Steelers do it last week with Jalen Warren on Thursday night. Plus, I mean, Mixon's not going to have as much time to get treatment. It's going to be this short week. So it's not like he has until Sunday or Monday to get ready coming off that injury. So we could see a bigger dose of Pirine regardless. I think in the meantime, I'd be stashing Pirine, who was actually listed. He was one of the two stashes that I mentioned and start, sit, stash, quit last week. So maybe you already got him on your bench, but uh, he's a guy that I think you should have a, a cheap backup running back compared to some of the other ones. Some of the other ones are rostered in so many leagues. Pirine out there in the vast majority of leagues still, and a guy who could be a, a pretty decent flex play for you this week, even with Mixon out there. Uh, the only other running back that I'll bring up is Travis Homer. He suffered a rib injury. Not much of a fantasy impact there, but he could open up some touches potentially for Rashad Penny and Ken Walker. Although, I mean, weirdly, it may have led to more snaps this week for DJ Dallas. So may, maybe it continues to be that three-headed backfield in Seattle, which is not great for fantasy, but I would still be stashing Walker. I think his time is going to come before the season's over. Uh, at receiver, Munra St. Brown, he left briefly with an ankle issue. Don't panic. He returned to the game. I'm just putting that on your radar. The sun god is mortal. He is not superhuman. He can be hurt. Fortunately, though, fantasy managers, I think we dodged a bullet on this one, but his production did dip after the injury. I mean, that could just be coincidence or could have been hurting him a little bit in that game. So something to keep an eye on. We'll check out his practice participation this week. T Higgins on the Bengals. He took a huge shot in this game. Looked like he might've suffered another concussion, but he was clear to return to the game and he played pretty well. I mean, I would just be mindful with this one in case he shows up on Monday or Tuesday, has any concussion symptoms. That's what happened last week with Alec Pierce and the Colts, right? That he showed up after the game and actually entered concussion protocol and the Bengals are playing on Thursday. So if he were to enter concussion protocol, that's a really short turnaround. I don't think he'd be able to play this week. So fingers crossed. He's fine. I don't want to be alarmist here, but definitely took a big shot in this game and would have been his second concussion in three weeks if it actually was a concussion. So kind of scary there. Uh, the Saints had a couple receivers get dinged up. Michael Thomas hurt his toe. Jarvis Landry suffered a foot injury. According to Ian Rappaport, these injuries, Thomas Landry, they aren't believed to be serious, so we can rule out long absences with those. I don't know if that means they're going to be ready to play this week or not. We'll have to keep an eye on that. They also had Traquan Smith get placed in concussion protocol. He was having a pretty big game with those guys banged up, had four catches for 105 yards. So if Thomas, if Landry are sidelined at all, Traquan, if he's healthy, he'd be an interesting flex play. Marquez Calloway, he would also be in the mix as a flex option there. He scored a, a real nice touchdown in that game. But overall, you're probably not chasing the Saints backup receivers who are on the road in London this week, London, England. So set your alarms early for that uh, Sunday morning game. Always love when we have those. It's Saints Vikings this week at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Uh, other receivers who got hurt this week, A.J. Green, he suffered a knee injury. We might see him miss some time. Not really impactful for fantasy. Uh, same with Byron Pringle on the Bears. 
He hurt his calf, but he really hasn't given us much for fantasy, and nobody in that Bears passing attack has really given us much. One of my worst calls of the year. I will apologize for that one now. I mean, Darno Mooney last year went from being a productive wide receiver three. We thought he was going to get more volume, that he was going to take a step forward. He is absolutely useless this season so far. And no one in that Bears offense is getting targets. It's not necessarily all Mooney's fault. They just aren't throwing the ball very much. They've only thrown the ball 45 times in three games so far. That's only 15 attempts per game, by far the lowest in the league. And to give you an idea, the next lowest team in that category is the Falcons, and they're throwing the ball 26.3 times per game. So over 11 times per game more than the Bears offense right now. And the crazy thing is the Bears are somehow 2-1. and one. So This is the offense they're going to continue to roll with if they're winning right now, and that means you can drop everybody in that passing attack. The only fantasy assets that are worth rostering in Chicago are the running backs, unfortunately. Uh, At quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, somehow he got cleared to return to the game, looked like he couldn't even stand on his own after he went down there, but people can debate it all they want. I just hope Tua's okay. He came back into the game, helped the Dolphins get the win. So that part of it's great. I know people were really mad about the team not holding him out after he was so wobbly and basically needed an offensive lineman to hold him up at one point. But the team is claiming it's more of a back issue and that he also had a sore ankle too today. I don't know what's true here, but now he's got a short week. He's playing the Bengals in that game we already mentioned. So if it is a back issue and an ankle issue... We're going to have to follow this one pretty closely to see if he's going to be ready. His head coach, Mike McDaniel, actually wouldn't straight up commit to Tua playing this week yet. So I think he's going to be out there. If not, we'll get Teddy Bridgewater in prime time, and that'll bump down the offense a little bit. But Teddy's a competent quarterback. He can keep the offense moving. Not really a fantasy option himself, though, unfortunately. But Tua should be out there for that game. I think it's just going to be them being careful with him on the short week. Uh, The news doesn't seem as positive for Mac Jones and the Patriots, unfortunately. He's apparently suffered a high ankle sprain and a really bad one at that. He was in a ton of pain in the game if you saw the injury. It looks like he's going to miss some time here. So veteran Brian Hoyer is the next man up in that offense. And just more reason why you should be wary of these Patriots pass catchers. Even though I know Devontae Parker had a huge game, took advantage of that Ravens secondary. They were still a little banged up in this one. He had a great outing. But I'm not trusting that that's going to continue moving forward, especially with a backup quarterback in there. So Jacoby Myers, he remains the only Patriots receiver that I'd really consider putting in my lineup. And he needs to be healthy before you're going to think about using him. So steer clear of New England's passing game weapons. Just use their backs for fantasy there. And then I don't always mention offensive line injuries, but Chargers left tackle Rashawn Slater. He suffered what's believed to be a season-ending biceps injury. And that would just be a huge loss for a team that has already been hit so hard by injuries. Herbert banged up. Joey Bosa left this game with a groin injury. We'll see how long he's going to miss. Keenan Allen was out for this game with that hamstring injury. J.C. Jackson, their free agent corner that they signed this year, he's been hurt a bunch. It really seems like the Chargers always get hit so hard by the injury bug. I don't know what causes that. Maybe it's time for a new training staff there, especially factoring in that Tyrod Taylor incident a couple years ago. But everybody's been talking about that a lot because Herbert dealing with a similar injury this time around. But regardless, Slater going out, that hurts the entire offense. He has been phenomenal since they drafted him and is not a guy that you can really replace. He's that good. So everyone in the Chargers attack is going to have their projections drop just a little bit for the rest of the season. And it's not the end of the world for their fantasy production. It's not like you're dropping them or immediately trading them all away or anything like that. But it does hurt all these guys. Same goes for the 49ers. I mean, for however long their star left tackle Trent Williams is going to miss. 
they are going to suffer for it. He apparently is dealing with a high ankle sprain. He refused the cart. They brought the cart out for him. He wanted to walk off under his own power, but that line already had a ton of problems. Now you're going to take away their best player for who knows how long. We don't know if he's going to miss a week, two weeks, what it's going to be. We don't have a timeline yet, but losing one of the best offensive linemen from a line that is already a problem for your offense, that is not great news. And it's just the latest. It's kind of like we're talking about with the Chargers having this massive wave of injuries. The 49ers offense, they've lost Elijah Mitchell in week one. Trey Lance went down in week two and now Williams in week three. And the team really struggled to score against the Broncos on Sunday night. Now, the Broncos had a few more players back and healthy than maybe we expected early in the week. And that's a pretty good defense when they are completely healthy. But 49ers, just 10 points total against them. It's another situation where with Trent Williams going down, Everybody in their offense is going to be impacted. And we don't say that for just any offensive lineman, right? But Slater, Williams, they're two of the best going. And then we'll be watching for updates on guys that missed week three, but might return in week four. So Julio Jones, Chris Godwin on the Bucks. I know Todd Bowles said that he expects Julio Jones to play this week, but that it's a little too early to say anything about Chris Godwin. Uh, Keenan Allen, Hunter Renfro, Rondo Moore. There's a bunch of guys that we'll be watching and monitoring to see if they can get back to practice and if they can get back out there this week. And I would also keep in mind some of these guys who are still on IR, but who we could see coming back soon, like Brian Robinson on the Commanders. He was actually out there in warmups this week and was looking pretty good. So that's a great sign for him. We really want to see him back in the field this year. And then Gus Edwards, could get back out there in that Ravens backfield. It's kind of still wide open. Clearly, J.K. Dobbins was not 100% himself yet. They went easy on him as they should. And we'll see how long it takes for him to really get back up to the form that we would expect from Dobbins, which when he's healthy, talent-wise, he's right up there talent-wise as a top 10, top 12 running back in the NFL. And depending on your rules, you can pick these guys up. You could stash them in IR depending on your rules. And then you'll get first crack at them when they do get activated. You don't have to battle everybody on the waiver wire once everyone realizes that they're coming back into the lineup. All right, that's it for injuries. Let's move on to the waiver wire section here. And you should read my full waiver wire column every week. That goes up Monday night over at the score. It's got everything in there. The breakdowns of the top pickups. It's got all the different categories with everybody else you could consider all the way down to the long shot stashes. So guys who are available in almost 100% of leagues. Some of them are 100% of leagues, but I won't write about anyone in there unless they're available in at least 50% of leagues. So I know sometimes people want to ask me, what about this guy? What about that guy? If they're not in the article... That's normally the reason why. It's probably because they're you know rostered in 60%, 70% of leagues or something like that. And we got a couple who are very close to the 50% mark, but I did include them this week. So we'll talk about those as we go here. Let's start with quarterbacks. The guy that doesn't make the cut because he is rostered in too many leagues is Trevor Lawrence. And I wasn't really impressed with his performance in week one, but since then... He's really started to get comfortable in that new offense, finishes the QB 12 in week two for fantasy, entering Monday night here. He's the QB four this week. I worry about the matchup with the Eagles in terms of just starting him in week four for fantasy, but potential fantasy option the rest of the way. Like in that game, maybe you don't play him, but the rest of the way, Lawrence looks like somebody that's going to continue to emerge. I think he'd be the top pickup if available. Just got to be wary of that week four game. Uh, for the quarterbacks who are out there in more than 50% of leagues, Jared Goff, he's got to be mentioned again. Solid streamer most weeks in this Lions offense. Week four, he gets the Seahawks. That game has one of the highest projected point totals on the week at 50 points. 
And the Lions are six-point favorites at home. So Goff, an easy streamer for that one. I'll also shine the light on Zach Wilson again. He's only rostered in 6% of leagues, but with the weaponry that he has in that Jets attack, Wilson still has a chance to break out this year. And I know I've been talking about him for a week, week and a half or so, and it's not necessarily about his talent. It's not because I totally believe that he is a great quarterback, but I think that environment could be great for fantasy. So I think he's worth holding on for a week or so to see. Seems like he's going to start against the Steelers. That Pittsburgh defense, not nearly as fierce without TJ Watt. We just saw Jacoby Brissett have a pretty nice fantasy day against them. Wilson, I know he's not going to have the experience that Joe Flacco has, but Wilson's going to take more chances downfield. And that's what I want to see because now you have all these playmakers and Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore and Corey Davis and even the tight end Ty Conklin and the backs are solid there. Now this offense could be really fun. So if you need quarterback help, you grab Wilson now, let's see what he can do. And even if he doesn't start this week, he should be back very soon. So they're saying, Robert Salas said, we should get word on whether Wilson's going to be the guy in the next 24 to 36 hours. So hopefully we'll know before waivers run on Tuesday and Wednesday night. There's a few other streamers you could consider too this week, like Marcus Mariota against the Browns, but I'll let you read those in the article. I'm not going to rattle them all off here. I will move ahead to running backs and the guys who are rostered in just over 50% of leagues. We talked about Jamal Williams. He's more than 50% of leagues, but I'll mention him one more time here. He's probably not out there, but if he is, you got to get him with Swift likely out for a couple games here. Alexander Madison, he is pretty close to that 50% rostered mark, but he is over it. Could get the start this week if Dalvin Cook can't go. Doesn't seem like Cook's going to miss a ton of time, if any here. But regardless, Madison needs to be rostered everywhere. And I'd also keep holding Kenneth Walker. I briefly said that earlier, but it's an ugly committee in Seattle right now. We know, though, Rashad Penny has durability issues and Walker's look pretty good on his touches. He's got juice. So if he gets the shot, if Penny gets hurt, Walker could still erupt. Still just a stash, though. Not a guy that you consider in your lineup, even as a flex, but you throw him on your bench and you hope that he gets starts down the road here. Khalil Herbert just barely making the cut at 49% rostered, but we discussed his situation in the injury section. We don't have to go over it again in its entirety, but Dave Montgomery could be sidelined for at least a game or two, maybe more. Herbert has a shot to really put his stamp on this backfield. 169 yards from scrimmage in this game. Last year when he played over 50% of the snaps, yardage totals, 75 in one game, 112 in another, 133 in another, and 72 in the other one. So really big production from him. He can get work on passing downs. He's a true three down option and a top 15 fantasy back for however long Montgomery's going to be out. Samaje Pirine only rostered in 6% of leagues. He's that sneaky pickup that we mentioned just in case Joe Mixon's struggling a little bit, maybe still banged up in that game. We assume that he's going to play, but Pirine could get more touches on the short week. And he also found the end zone this week. So he's got some flex value there. Could give even a little more than that this game. So a cheap running back back up to uh, stash and most of the clear RB2s are already taken, right? Most of the clear RB2s are rostered in the majority of leagues. Pirine, for some reason, has continued to get overlooked by fantasy managers, but he's got that backup job locked down in Cincy. So you can go and get him and at worst, he ends up being that bench stash for you. And then the weekly reminder to make sure that guys like Rashad White and Jalen Warren and even Jarek McKinnon and Jordan Mason, all these talented players that have flashed on their touches, 
guys that could be the top names in the waiver wire articles in the next couple weeks here, depending what injuries happen in front of them. So I would stash them before that happens. I think they all deserve to be rostered in the majority of leagues. At receiver, Jacoby Myers, Tyler Boyd, they're just over that 50% mark, but both guys are worth consideration. The guys that I really want to try to acquire this week, though, the guys that I'm just so focused on are more guys in this year's rookie class because we've talked about John Dotson and we've talked about Garrett Wilson and some of these other first year receivers who've been popping off already. They have been the guys that have really been leading the waiver wire call in the last couple of weeks. Well, Romeo Dubs on the Packers, he's the latest rookie to go out and have a really big game. And I know he was helped by some injuries in Green Bay's receiver room, but Dobbs had his best day as a pro by far, played 89% of the snaps, caught all eight of his targets for 73 yards and a touchdown. And I expect that the Packers are going to continue to spread the ball around. But this performance, this goes a long way towards earning that Aaron Rodgers trust, right? And that's a big thing for rookies. So if Rodgers starts feeling more confident in Dobbs, he is going to continue to throw to him. So I think Dobbs needs to be picked up everywhere. Still available in 75% of leagues. So go and get him if you can. And go and get Traylon Burks too of the Titans. And I know the big stats, they haven't showed up yet. In fact, his numbers went down this week. Just one catch for 13 yards after he went three for 55 in the opener and then four for 47 in week two. But Burks' playing time is going up. And that's what's really important. Played 37% of the snaps in week one. 45% of the snaps in week two. And this week, that number went all the way up to 69% of the snaps. He also ran the most routes of any Titans receiver, according to PFF. So his time is coming and this might be the last chance to get him. So he's available in 55% of leagues right now. That means he might already be taken in your league, but I would also be trying to trade for him. I talked about that last week on Wednesday's show. So he's a guy that you should be focused on. His time is coming. He is going to blow up in the next few weeks here. It's just a matter of when. And then I always say this when we're talking about receivers, but there's a ton of mid-level receivers available on most waiver wires. You can get guys like Michael Gallup, who probably will return in week four. That's what the scores Jordan Schultz is reporting. Zay Jones on the Jags. Isaiah McKenzie on the Bills. Marcus Valdez-Scantling on the Chiefs. None of these guys you want to have to trust as a starter in your lineup week in and week out, but all of them are solid flex options, guys who have a ton of upside if they go off in a given game. We'll even see what the Giants receivers do Monday night. I mean, Sterling Shepard could be on that list too. The Bears have been giving up a ton of production to the slot, so whoever is manning the slot next week for the Giants could take advantage, so keep an eye out for that. We'll see how they perform on Monday night before we make a move there. And then at tight end, David Njoku had that massive game last Thursday. Brissett just took what he was being given by the defense, and that meant a huge game in terms of volume for Njoku. He's rostered in 51% of leagues, so just over the cutoff. We won't be writing him up in the article, but he would be the top ad if he's available. And the same goes for Irv Smith. Irv Smith would be the next guy on my list, but he's also just over the 50% mark. After them, it's Robert Tunyon on the Packers. 29% rostered. His playing time has started to increase. He's coming back from that ACL tear. Played just over 35% of the snaps the first two weeks. That went up to 58% of the snaps this week, and his targets went up as well. Seven targets in this game, caught six of them for 37 yards. Hasn't found the end zone yet either. That's going to come, though. We've seen him be a major red zone threat before, so you know that's going to happen. He's one of the few good options left on most waiver wires when we're talking about tight ends. Some other guys you could look for, Logan Thomas. We talked about him last week. Tyler Conklin, too, on the Jets. Conklin has at least seven targets in every game so far. Just had his best outing, 8 for 84 against the Bengals. 
He's a full-time player in this offense that we talked about as one that could be really exciting the rest of the way here. He is a strong tight end two in fantasy. Could even push for low-end tight end one numbers if that volume continues. And then let's finish it off here with some defenses you could stream. If you could still get the Eagles, I think they're rostered in 56% of leagues last time I checked. That's who I want. I made big pushes to get them last week. They were the top defense to get in the article in the waiver wire column. They've scored double-digit fantasy points in every game so far. Plus, they get the Jags, the Cards, and the Dak prescott list Cowboys over the next three games. This is one of the best teams top to bottom in the league on both sides of the ball. And this is a defense that you could probably use the rest of the season. It's really not just a streamer. It's going to be a team that's going to be in a lot of favorable situations and their defense has shown that they can shut teams down like they did with the commanders this week. So if they're still out there, grab them. If not, you could look at the Colts who are 35% rostered. They get the Titans this week. Tennessee's offensive line is hurting. They lost Taylor Lewan, and the strength of the Colts is stopping the run. So Derrick Henry could have a tough day. That's just a bad mix for the Titans who already have been one of the easiest matchups for fantasy defenses this year. Uh, The Giants, they get the Bears next week. Giants just 11% rostered. Chicago's given up double-digit fantasy points the last two defenses that they've faced, so could look at them. Some others too. I mean, the Browns, they're just barely making the cut at 49%, but they get the Falcons, the Vikings, they get the banged-up Saints offense. Minnesota just 19% rostered, so a few options there you could consider as streamers in terms of team defenses for week four. But that is all for today show make sure you check out my full waiver wire column over on the score on monday night i'll be back tuesday with another episode and then wednesday with a guest but until then big thanks to that eagles defense that we just talked about because not only were they the top recommended defense in our article last week not only did i go out and get them in a bunch of leagues but the pressure was on because a friend of mine got me to look over his team on saturday and my first recommendation was to pick up that eagles d so i'm really glad they came through for everybody and helped him get the win so big thanks to darius slaying come over there and big thanks to everybody out there for listening and we will see you next time said leave on time my baby said leave on time leave on time with me tonight said leave on time